Imagine a sadness overwhelming you. This sadness feels like a snow-filled forest in the dead of winter. What do you use to express this sadness? Do you use an all-white CD gatefold sleeve packaging and a horn section? If you do, you would be Foxhole, and your LP would be called We the Wintering Tree. I'm Mark D., IT guy, dad, and generally bad nerd with limited music experience. Here I kick back and spin up old favorites out of my music collection. This is Mark's Music Collection, Episode 4, We the Wintering Tree. By the numbers, We the Wintering Tree was released twice, once in 2004 on Sela Records and again in 2008 on Burnt Toast Vinyl. However, I don't know of an actual vinyl release, which saddens me. It has 10 tracks and lasts 53 and a half minutes. Other than that, the information on this release and the band in general is generally thin on the ground. Their website, foxhole.info, is a static page with an interesting stained glass piece with the inscription, Well-Kept Thing. It's definitely intriguing as it's quite stylistic and cryptic. What does this mean? Who made this beautiful placeholder? These are all questions that I have right now. I have had an all-white release for many years now, but I left it in my car and it got pretty messed up, so I just jumped on another one I saw. These are both the gatefold versions from Burnt Toast Vinyl. This is definitely one of my favorite albums, even though it came out at a time that where music critics were calling post-rock a solved genre, currently dominated by explosions in the sky. They're like, everything is or results from explosions in the sky, and that is the optimal way to post-rock. The claim there is, the, the basis of that is that there's no room for invention or innovation. The implication is that everyone was duplicating their forebears, but I think that might be an expression of insecurity on the part of the critic or the reviewer. I think that it might be this whole post-rock scene getting a little too big for them to contain, for them to possess. To me, this feels more like the sky being dominated by celestial bodies brought closer to us through the works of the universe itself. All of the things in the night sky interact and play off one another to bring some closer and send some further away. These are the dynamics of the planets and the universe and things are expanding and contracting and gravity is pulling everything from every which way at, to different amounts. The closer objects can brighten the sky enough to make the further ones essentially invisible to our eyes or even to our telescopes. So I think that people like explosions in the sky, uh, and I feel like this analogy, this simile is apt, um, really shines very brightly and renders Foxhole invisible, in this case of, of the music review. The album starts with a series of springs and falls, and that track slowly and gracefully introduces us to the album. It's almost like a video game, and I mean, let me explain that. I don't mean that the track sounds like a video game. I mean that it is like a video game. Shigeru Miyamoto did a video with Vox in 2017 about Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers teaches you how to play the game, the mechanics of the game, in the first few screens. Tim Rogers, another uh, fantastic video game personality, reviewer, critic, producer, developer, uh, for Kotaku currently, has an hour-long video about the first 10 minutes of A Link to the Past that goes into how it teaches you to read the game and also understand the mechanics of it. 
a series of springs and falls is just that for this album. The End of Dying is also an introduction into the driving percussion of Matthew Wilson and the thick layer of guitars that our Justin Shepard and Adam Moore can turn on at will. Greg Leppert reels this one back in with a mournful horn multi-tracking. Mournful horn multi-tracking, that's a hard one to say. Words are hard. The guitars are multi-tracked too, and the two leads are actually isolated to one channel, hard panned if you, if you want. Each lead is hard panned to one side, uh, which gives this song... So there's a rhythm, and then there's the two leads, and there is this sense of space and immersion. You are inside this song. And most of the album is like this. Uh, so you have this ambiance, this atmosphere that pursues you, and or not pursues you, but uh, goes with you through the album. Dead Rhymes is a song that starts out relentlessly plodding. It's a temporal shift from what you just finished hearing. It's slow, but relentless and punctuated by some shredding with the hard pan guitars playing different leads that eventually come together and then separate again. Uh, rhyme, spelled R-I-M-E, is actually the frost formed by rapidly cooling fog or vapor. I had to look that up. Song plods onwards, and it does feel a bit like trudging through a snowfield. If you ever really wanted a tonal shift, you're going to get one in spectacle, as this is almost a ballad of sorts and has actual lyrics. The lyrics sound very sad and interesting to me because... Well, I wonder if I'm going deaf, but they are, the lyrics are very hard for me to make out at points because they are delivered with a desperate sorrow, but also very low in the mix. The lead guitar really clobbers the lyrics, and I don't find them anywhere online, but in my listenings, I've latched onto a few phrases that may or may not be correct, but there's one in particular that is, what is it about the life that I had that made you wipe away blank and i can't help that there's some tragedy reference there the horn picks up about three-fifths of the way in and we get a beat flip and it keeps that until it fades lent which i believe to be written as lent verb like in a dictionary is also very much an interlude i could say that this one has some direct influence from a few places i'm thinking uh talk talk and sigurd Rose specifically but still within the idiom of foxhole and more specifically, in the idiom of We the Wintering Tree. It's not a copycat and, or anything like that. Um, influence is something that you shouldn't be ashamed of, and I find it offensive that a lot of critics really use that as an insult almost, as a pejorative, like, oh, they were influenced by, means in their minds or what they're trying to project, perhaps, through the uh, connotation of the word that they are just duplicators or regurgitators of that which has influenced them. This is not the case here. I'm not, I'm not saying that. At Right Angles is almost the math rock on the album. I say almost because the performance and the recording are both so beautifully loose and smooth that I don't ever get the feeling that I'm listening to a technical death metal musician on a session gig. This song seems to have a verse with the guitars and a chorus with the horn, but the flip happens close to midway and brings on what I, in math rock, would describe as an angular riff that is just wonderfully in contrast to the rest of the recording. I say in contrast to the recording not because the musicians are bad, not in the slightest, but because it's the difference between this and 
you know, for example, a Dream Theater recording. Dream Theater was maybe the first band where I noticed that, you know, wow, they really spent a lot of time in the studio recording those drums. They recorded the hell out of those drums. Uh, this album, We the Wintering Tree, uh, in opposition to that, feels so organic versus being processed or produced. And that goes for the entire album, but this song in particular, because of the juxtaposition of a very mechanical and precise style of music in a looser recording or recording environment. A Children's Canto is the slowest song on the album, I think, and uh, it actually has a vocal in the beginning that sounds like it was almost an outtake in the studio. It's a male vocal, same as on Spectacle, but just quietly humming the melody. Someone opens the door in the background and you can hear other voices right before the actual melody comes in with the synth ahs and spacey voices kick in. I feel like that introduction was just so organic as if it actually happened that way. At least I want that to be the case. The space voices sound like they could be children, but the song is incredibly sad. Uh, I'm a father now and... Things like this, things involving children, really uh, affect me very differently. There's definitely a, a finer point on anything involving a child. If you're not a parent, then you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But it's a, it's a real thing. I've spoken to others about this. Lamentations is maybe the poster for this album. It heavily features the horn with some delay on one guitar track, and it's so immersive. The drums are not aggressive or loud or obtrusive in any way. They just support this music. There is then a perhaps Russian circles-like section that is paid off with what might be an actual choir that winds down even further into this solitary guitar lead with the second guitar poking around the perimeter of it and then right back to that horn. Really great stuff if you ask me. The snare hits are very sharp in the section and you can really hear the space in this recording. It comes back into a heavier section, and the fact that its motifs continue really satisfies me. It ends with what I can only assume to be the sound of someone sawing through wood. A Lion in Winter slash Long Live the King, that's another iconic song. The march in the beginning, underpinned by the horn, is super interesting to me. It's worth the wait, though, as this might be the hardest song on the album. I would say that this would be the most pelican of the album. Through Bone and Marrow is a slow, mournful, beautiful piece of music. It's not blowing anyone away with its savage technicality or fierce brutality or terrific ingenuity, but it's, it's just the right notes at the right time by the right people in the right place. This is perhaps a unifying song. All the instruments start hitting at the same time in unison, and it feels like the strengthening of a, of a community a bit. There really is some lovely percussion on this track that is also quite subtle and may get overlooked. Use headphones or really good speakers in a good listening environment. So those are the 10 tracks, and uh, I felt like I blew through those rather quickly, even though you know we're some minutes in. But there's a lot more to talk about. One could wonder what We the Wintering Tree is all about, but the liner notes of the beautiful Gatefold CD really tell the whole story. In a poetic monologue, the author of the liner notes goes through the seasons that we experience as well as the seasons that we as humans experience throughout the span of our lives. 
the author calls out the cyclical nature of all of this. And I would like to point out that in Kentucky, it is very possible to have a terrible summer and a terrible winter. Where I live, we have terrible summers, but generally good winters. I really don't experience the change in seasons, so maybe that's why this theme and title really struck a chord with me. Perhaps I see the death and dissolution of winter from the view of a curious outsider. The recording itself is unlike most recordings. It is reported on the liner notes that We the Wintering Tree was primarily written and recorded by Foxhole in the sanctuary of Westminster Bible Church between December 2003 and March 2004. That is a direct quote. I had never heard the term sanctuary used in the context of a church before, but I have been inside several churches. Zero hunchbacks. It seems that the sanctuary, for many churches, is the area immediately around the altar that is sometimes separated from the rest of the church by altar rails or other means. It seems that the architectural term chancel tends to signify the same area in a secular fashion. I think it was a brilliant idea to record in the church. The feeling of the space is apparent in the recording, and it really gives the album atmosphere. There is a connection there, a connection to this place that is more than just sound, though. The liner notes also say, quote, This album, with all its imperfections, is both an expression of our love for Jesus Christ and a response to his beauty, end quote. It seems that these young men were deeply religious and expressing that out through this music. A very serious message for a very serious album. The sawing sounds at the end of Lamentation could be the reference to Jesus as a carpenter. The titular line of track nine could be a reference to Christian God or Jesus as it was in the C.S. Lewis Nar Narnia books. Lent, the song interlude, makes way more sense now. I'm not religious, so this neither persuades me to like nor dissuades me from liking this album. The truth is that I love this album. I see beauty and heart and life and death in this album. I feel like this album accomplished everything that it set out to do. Everything. This has been a very long episode, and I am awake very late recording this. I need to wrap this up and I can do that with some good news. I actually have news. It comes back to the website and the ASCAP publishing rights for the music. The publishing rights are to be called The Well-Kept Thing. I was looking for that and even got an address, but I stumbled across some very exciting information that the internet had decided I didn't need to know. Foxhole has kickstarted another album called Well-Kept Thing, hence the image on their website. And there have been a few listening parties and some sales of limited-run vinyl prior to its official release in the coming months. I will definitely be on the lookout for it. So, thanks for listening to this apparently massive episode. You can reach out to me on Twitter at CoolMarkD, Cool with a C, and Mark with a K. I hope that you go ahead and give this album a listen if you've never heard it before. If you have heard it, I hope that you liked it as much as I did or that you perhaps see it through different eyes and find a new appreciation for it. I also have some links in the notes that will maybe clarify a couple things that I, uh, I said. Uh, I'll try to find the links to the reviews of the album, and I'll include links to the YouTube video for 
Miyamoto and Tim Rogers and Foxhole's website, which I hope to be popping pretty soon because their album release party is happening currently. Like things are, are actively happening now at the time of this recording. So, you know, we'll get news soon. Thank you again for listening with me, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mark's Music Collection.